Welcome, Faith Family, to our post-sermon discussion on this Easter Sunday. Uh, Kent, let's let's jump in it because there's there's so many directions we could go, uh, but let's let's focus because this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Is in Luke 24, we we see these two individuals walking the road uh, of Emmaus, mm-hmm. and there's a lot that goes on there. And I, I want you to. Uh, just kind of help us, what are some things that we can take away from this encounter with these two men and Jesus? Yeah, so interestingly, when you look at at Luke 24 and you scroll down to really verse 25, so he calls them foolish ones, slow of heart. Verse 26, he said, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? So He's asking them a question that they should have been answering had they been familiar with the Old Testament text. And then in verse 27, it says, In beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So with these these couple verses here sandwiched into this conversation, we see Jesus giving them a crash course in biblical theology. So he's taking them from the very beginning and he's, he's walking it through the meta-narrative of redemptive history as revealed in the Old Testament and showing him that he is the one who fulfills all of that. And when you look at the Gospels, you see Christ fulfilling all sorts of Old Testament prophecies. So what's interesting is you stop and you think about like uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the, the proto-euangelion, the first gospel that promised that uh, that the seed of Eve was going to crush the head of the serpent, but that he was going to bruise his heel. And so the fact that, that that was promised in the very, very beginning, that there was going to be a crushing of Satan, that somebody was going to come from Eve who was going to redeem humanity and to set things right, Christ came to fulfill that. And, and throughout you know, uh, the, the biblical theology thread of the Old Testament, you just see it incrementally get closer and closer and closer to the coming of Christ. So you see the fall in Genesis, you see the, the flood in Genesis chapter 6, and then you know Noah and his offspring leading to the line of Shem, leading to Abraham, leading, leading to you know, his uh, Isaac and Jacob, the, the 12 tribes. And you keep on getting this refinement down through, through Judah to the King David. All this biblical theology, all of these, these people And these types are pointing to the one that was going to come, who was going to be the prophet, who was going to be the priest, who was going to be the king, and ultimately the sacrifice that would redeem us from our sins. So all of that is just so wonderful and beautiful when you understand that your Old Testament is not disconnected from the new. Mm -hmm. It 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 is one story written by one divine author told through 40 different human authors. Right. Is it 40? Yeah, it's 40. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, and the, uh, the importance that Christ placed on the word in the Old Testament. Absolutely. Yeah, that, just that spoken word of God. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, well, you know, he knew he was going to ascend. Yeah. He knew that he was going to ascend and to be at the right hand of God. And what did he leave us with? <laughs> he left us with his inspired word written through human authors and his Holy Spirit to guide us and comfort us. So, you know, it, the, the written word is sola scriptura, brother. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, let, let me ask you this then. Yeah. Can you believe a lot 
of the Christian tenets. Call yourself a Christian and yet not believe in a literal resurrection. Can you be truly saved or, or can regenerated, mm. your heart be regenerated, and not believe in a literal um, bodily resurrection yeah. of Christ? Can you? Um, absolutely not. Okay. And so I say that affirmatively because God's word is crystal clear. So anytime you stop and you think, what is the gospel? If I'm going to ask somebody, I'm discipling somebody, mm-hmm. where do you take a, you know, a new person you're discipling to get the gospel? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So you flip it over there. And so, um, you know, Paul is saying, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. I preached to you the gospel which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached you, unless you believed in vain. Verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance, primary importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, same thing we saw back in Luke chapter 24, in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. (laughs) This is wonderful. I love the Bible. Uh, th- that he was buried uh, in the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Uh, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. So, you know, Paul is telling them that the gospel, the first importance, is that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then, you know, you further go down to what Paul has to say in chapter 15. And, and you know, he's saying, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So if he's not been raised, if you don't believe in that, then you're still dead in your sins. Yeah. You've got to start in the beginning. Believe this gospel that he died for you. Yeah. You know, I, I think we, we do have to, uh, like Kyle did so well today, is preach the crucifixion, preach the resurrection, preach the ascension, which right. he did, right. his coming again. And those are all components of a complete gospel and to divorce any part of it is dangerous yeah. if, uh, to, to the, our souls. And so anyone, uh, my, and I know you agree too, that if you're under anyone or read anyone or anything like that who, who tries to minimize any portion of that, run far away, run yeah. quickly far yeah, away. Yeah, that, that's, that's a heresy. And I'm glad that you kind of, you know, tacked about the ascension because we, we do talk a lot about the resurrection, but the ascension is also, and Kyle alluded yeah. to that too, Christ is there at the right hand of God as a literal resurrected human in the presence of God interceding for us. That, yeah. that, that high priestly role is our mediator. Yeah. Right now, we can have confidence that, that, yes, he is there mediating for us. So the ascension is, is absolutely pivotal. Well, final question I want to ask you is, what does the resurrection mean to you personally? Yeah. So I think the first and foremost is, as Kyle said in the sermon, that his resurrection is an affirmation of everything that Jesus Christ said and did in his earthly ministry. So it's an affirmation that he was not, I think, uh, was, it, was it C.S. Lewis said he's either a liar or a lunatic or, yeah. or he's Lord. Yeah. And so, you know, it's an affirmation that he is Lord, that he truly is the Lord of the universe because what he said came into fruition. It is an affirmation that his sacrifice was accepted before the Father. And so he resurrected. And, and, and in that hope, we recognize that if you too believe in Christ and his death, his sacrificial atoning death on your behalf, 
that you also will receive resurrection. Yeah. And, and so what does that mean to me? I mean, when you stop and think about it, uh, I think about the world that we live in. And it's, it's natural to kind of like this world because there's so much beauty in it. I mean, we can look at the mountains and we can look into the universe and the stars and just everything that's out there and the beauty and the cosmos. We can look at the lakes and the oceans and all of the life that just kind of flourishes on this world and we see this beauty. And that's just a glimpse of the mind of our God, a glimpse of the mind of our creator. And if we can look at the beauty in this world in spite of the fact that we know it's a fallen world, that there is death that is going to come to every living creature on this earth and to recognize that he died to give us resurrection so that we're going to go into New Jerusalem where we will tabernacle with our Lord, with our Savior who suffered and died for our sins. And then we get to see this, this new creation that is going to be exponentially better than the one that we're in now. If you think you're seeing beauty now, if you think you're amazed at this world, you haven't seen anything yet. You will get to know the mind of your creator for eternity when you are in his presence. So for me, the resurrection to be able to not only be with the one who died for me, but to know him intimately is just so amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Faith family, we appreciate you spending some time with us this, this Easter Sunday. And I would encourage you tomorrow to know and to live like he is risen and just the the power that for the for the believer that comes with that so thank you very much and we will see you back here next sunday thank you for listening to this resource of faith family church we gather on sundays at 495 hugh hunter road in oak grove kentucky and are a short drive from fort campbell and hopkinsville kentucky as well as clarksville tennessee for more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.